0: It's the same way, actually, in, in, in Rome to this day, among the seminarians. So you go to the North American College, uh, if you're an American from a diocesan, uh, diocese in the United States, and you stay, you stay at the North American College. Well, that's where you sleep, and that's where you get some lectures and things like that. But where do you go to classes? Well, the Gregorian or the Angelicum or any of the other Roman universities. So now he's called Abate Palotti, and, sh- and he was invested in the Keswick, but again, keep in mind the anti-clericalism that's big in Rome. I mean, priests were getting beat up, spit on, all this kind of thing. So there was a law against young clerics in uh, the church law against young clerics wearing the cassock in public. So although he was entitled to wear the cassock strictly by by the, the ordinary traditions of the church, um, he was forbidden to until um, he he got into major orders. So young Abate Palotti um, proved himself. As a wonderful seminarian, a model student, um, and he joined a number of confraternities, which are essentially pious uh, organizations for some pious work. One of those was the Confraternity of Christian Doctrine. So he became a catechist and taught um, children um, Catholic doctrine uh, as a seminarian. So, um, in eighteen eighteen fourteen, by the way, is when he goes to the Sapienza University. This is also the year, just to give you an idea of the of the um, the revolutionary stuff going on. That's always in the background here during Saint Vincent's life. Uh, this is the year that Pius the Seventh is restored to Rome after Napoleon who was a real scoundrel, had driven him out years earlier. He had taken up refuge, I think, in, um, in uh, I want to say Piacenza, but I might be wrong. He had taken up refuge elsewhere outside of Rome, but then he was allowed b- by Napoleon's largess to come back in 1814. That's the very year that St. Vincent goes to the Sapientia. Uh, he excelled, as I said, in debates, in church history, in disputations, in Latin, Uh, And he also was well known for his zeal for orthodoxy. He wrote uh, a Latin work called Contra Boninum, Bodinum, Disputatio contra Bodinum, where he was uh, um, uh, taking to task one Bodinus, a apparently an enlightened type person of the day, who questioned the reality of the uh, questioning the historical existence of the census that had summoned Our Lady and Saint Joseph to Bethlehem. Uh, this, by the way, is a popular opinion among modernist scholars, even to this day. Um, during this time, as a seminarian, and I'm. Fast forwarding to 1816, he, uh, he 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 works what we think is his first miracle, his first uh, uh, pr- prodigious thing. He's walking around the streets, young seminarian, and he sees this young nobleman walking past him, who was very very uh, upset uh, and and um, sort of you know down and discouraged looking, and. This young man's name was Giamaria Mastai Ferretti, and St. Vincent approached him and he said, what's the matter? So he explained to St. Vincent the fact that he he came from a noble Catholic family, and he wanted to join the Papal Noble Guard. Now, the Noble Guard doesn't exist anymore. We think of the Swiss Guards. And even at the time when the Swiss Guards existed, you had all these other groups, the noble guards, you had various aristocratic families, sons, joining these these traditional groups. Some of these were the guys who carried the Pope around in the, cedillas, uh, in, in the city of Justitoria. Some of these were, were the guys who set up the chairs in St. Peter's uh, uh, Square, things like that. You know, they, they did a lot of things. Some of them uh, ceremonial. They had cool uniforms. And, you know, any young Italian guy wants to wear a cool uniform. And so he had had his heart set on this, this young Gia Maria Mastai Ferretti, but because he had epilepsy, uh, although he was first approved to join the noble guards, he was told he couldn't. So when St. Vincent sees, hears this, he says to him, uh, "...set your mind at ease. You will not stand on guard, but you will be guarded." End quote. Now, this young man, this Giamaria Mastai Ferretti, went on to become a priest, then a bishop, then a cardinal. And in 1846, he was elected as Pope of the Church of Rome, taking the name Pius IX. So he came from the uh, Mastai Ferretti family. You're listening to Reconquest on the Crusade Premium Channel, part of Veritas Radio Network. This is Brother Andre Marie, and we're talking about the Apostle of the Infinite, St. Vincent Pallotti. So he becomes a priest in the year... 1818. He's ordained in the Lateran Basilica, and he's now not just Abate Pallotti, which was what you called seminarians, uh, but he was Don Vincenzo Pallotti, and that's how he would have been known—not as Father Pallotti, but as Don Vincenzo. so he was. He had friends, by the way. Uh, he had lots of saint friends. I will. I will uh, mention some of them later. But this year is where he uh, becomes acquainted with uh, Saint Gaspar del Buffalo, who will be another saint that he has a very, very intimate friendship with for the whole rest of his life. In fact, he was at his deathbed when Saint Vincent was ordained. He was ordained at the age of twenty-three, which is exactly one year. Short of the canonical minimum for a man to be ordained to the priesthood. So they had to be a special, um, dispensation for him to be ordained at such a young age and he was given full faculties here confessions and preach and all that stuff so it's not like he was a um, what they call a simplex priest uh, who couldn't preach or hear confessions he was he was fully educated he was fully formed to be a priest in fact he was so well educated he already had two doctorates he literally had a double doctorate in philosophy and in theology um, Early on in his priesthood, he shows himself to be a model of sanctity. Uh, He used to refer to himself as nothing and sin. He seems to have been exposed to the mystical uh, theology of the church's own patron saint of mystical theology, the doctor of mystical theology himself, St. John of the Cross, who, using the Spanish language, referred to everything as nada, that is not God, nothing. Everything that's not God is nothing. And that seemed to be St. Vincent's approach to the interior life. Um, he, in fact, he, he, went through some dark nights of the soul and things. A lot of his spirituality seems to have been very Carmelite, um, I'm not going to talk about that much. I write about it a little bit in the article that I link to, uh, which is forming the basis of this particular show here. But as a priest, as an active uh, apostle of Rome, as an active priestly apostle, uh, he becomes very, very busy serving in the Lord's vineyard. In the ten years, uh, in the first ten years of his priesthood, he was made a seminary professor, a retreat master, confessor to at least two convents of nuns. And by the way, that's weird for such a young priest to be made. Con- confessor to, to, to nuns, uh, spiritual director to most of the Roman seminarians. He was also a widely demanded exorcist, founder of youth institutes, founder of the first night schools in Rome. These were night schools for children of craftsmen and farmers who wouldn't otherwise have any kind of a formal education. Uh, he was a friend and benefactor of orphaned Girls and babies who found refuge in the pious houses that he founded, the piecase. He was a preacher in Roman churches and public squares. He was the author of small books on prayer and devotion, the Apostle of the Poor, the Sick, the Military, and the Great Reviver of the Practice of the Marian Month of May. This is as a young priest. Um, from about twenty three to thirty three years old, uh, the hospice of Sangala, which is a refuge for homeless men, was one outlet for his priestly zeal and charity. He tended to the to the bodily and to the spiritual hunger of the poor, homeless men. Who stayed there. And this is where he mentioned St. Uh, th- th- he worked in common here with the saint he'd already uh, met and who we've already mentioned, St. Gaspar del Buffalo. But also, St. Vincent Mary Stromby, uh, who was a Passionist priest, also worked at this same hospice of Sangala. Um, and the future. Pius IX, the one that he prophesied would become Pope, Gian Gian Maria Massai Ferretti, also did volunteer work there. Um, He also had a work that grew out of the work of St. Gala called the Unio Antidemonica, Antidemonaica, excuse me, the Alliance Against the Devil, This outfit worked to destroy sin by removing dangerous occasions of sin. So what did they do? They went around destroying immodest pictures and images. Uh, Sometimes they they would actually give shopkeepers who sold these things the money that they would get. But they would say, don't carry these things again, and we're going to buy it from you, and we're going to destroy it. Um, and they also hired artists and artisans to, to clean up artworks that could be cleaned up. So he wanted to, um, you know, remove occasions of sin from people. I mean, good Lord, Rome can use that now, let me tell you. Um, uh, during the years eighteen nineteen to eighteen twenty nine, his main occupation was that of a seminary professor. They called him a professor. He was he was essentially uh, an assistant professor, professore supplente, and he he ma- mainly tutored and supplemented the instruction of the actual uh, professors. Um, when he was thirty three he was made the confessor and spiritual director of the Roman seminary. Now, this is, again, unusual for uh, such a young priest, uh, but he would make the two-hour walk.